household robots are now available for sale. They can feel, they can see things, and they can help keep your house secure. And there are some shoes that can make you, help you move about 250% faster. Hi, I'm Daniel Lapore. Welcome to the Hard Tech Podcast. Um, this is going to be our first live stream. So uh, hopefully uh, we're able to get through this about one hour stream without any issues, but I'm, I'm very, very, very optimistic. Um, thanks for tuning in. Just to introduce the uh, channel real quick. On the Hard Tech Podcast, we provide insights into new and emerging hardware and physical technology. Now, this channel is more focused on areas like robotics, energy, transportation, healthcare, and more. And it's not just computers and, and phones, right? When people think about hardware, sometimes it, uh, it focuses on phones and computers. But we're talking about physical technologies and hardware devices, things that you can see and touch and feel that you're going to be using in the near future or that you currently use, right? Um, please subscribe to the channel so that you can see when videos are, are released. Um, so if you're involved in tech in general, maybe hardware tech or just tech in general, this channel should be of immense value to you so that you can see the inner workings of hardware tech companies and the way hardware tech devices are developed. And you, you should you, you would gain a lot of insights into um, what's hot and what's trending in your, in your field, basically. But regardless of whether you're into tech, wouldn't you be excited to actually know the technologies that have been worked on that are going to impact your life in the next, in the near future, right? Things that you're going to use and things that are going to affect your life in some way, right? That's what this channel is all about, to provide you that insight. Um, so how? How are we going to do that? Well, there are, there are going to be interviews with guests who are the innovators, the creators of these technologies, uh, the founders of this, of, of, of hardware tech startups. Um, some of these interviews have already been uh, shot and the first interview actually will be uploaded next Tuesday. So ex expect an interview pretty much every Tuesday uh, with some of these uh, creators and innovators within the space. Uh, and on Fridays, there should be a live, there will be a live stream at 11 a.m. Eastern time. So every Friday, I would have a live stream where my, my goal is basically to have a discussion with you guys about recent developments within the space. So if you want to know about what's going on in the robotic space, energy space, transportation, and all that stuff, just tune in every Friday at 11 a.m. Um, one more thing. Uh, this live stream, my goal is to interact with you guys, right? I'm, I... It's very, it's it's a very, uh, it's not something that's common within the tech space for for there to be a live stream. People just typically all you see is some kind of product review or or pre-recorded uh, videos talking about some type of technology. But I really want this to be interactive. This again, this is our first live stream, and it's actually it's actually good timing because we just hit uh, one thousand subscribers. We have just more than one thousand subscribers on the channel now, so. I want to say a big thank you to all the subscribers because you guys have made this possible so far. Um, without you, uh, this channel wouldn't mean anything. I'm, I'm glad that you guys are excited to learn about the future of physical technologies, the near future, actually, of physical technologies. So we're on five social media channels, Instagram, Twitter, TikTok, Facebook, and LinkedIn. On all of those channels, uh, you can find us uh, using the word hard tech podcast. So one word, hard tech podcast. Or you can just click on the link in the description of this video. The links are in, in the description. So just click on anyone that uh, that you want if you're more active on Instagram or Twitter or, or, or anywhere else. Now, we will be posting, or we already post actually daily, uh, daily on Instagram and Twitter. But the idea is to eventually get to daily posts on all of the platforms. So... We're going to provide in updates, tech updates, basically. Things that you'll be excited to see about how the space is improving and what's happening and all the things that are going on, right? Um, so so please subscribe, uh, follow all of those uh, platforms, any of those platforms that you're comfortable with. Now, 
when I do these live streams, I would try to be illustrative as much as possible because the audio version of this podcast is also available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and RSS. That's for those who want to just put a headphone on and, and work and listen to what we have to say on this on this channel. So that's that's uh, you can listen to to us via audio actually. Uh, so the links are also in in in, in the uh, description of the video. Uh, before I get into the show today, let me briefly introduce myself. Um, and this is probably the first time I am going to properly introduce myself. It's also the probably last time I'm going to give you such such a bio, right? So uh, speaking, trying if if I if I if I want to summarize what I am, I would say. I am a hardware tech guy with experience in energy space. What do I mean? I was previously founder and CEO of SME, an energy device company. And with the company, we worked with Samsung and Sony to incorporate energy and tiny energy devices into the wearables of the near future that you will see, right? I have a PhD in mechanical engineering. I went to MIT and Virginia Tech. So... Um, this is what I know. This is what I what I breathe. This is what I think about every day. And this is a space I enjoy. I enjoy talking about building new technologies, building new companies within the hardware technology space. Right? Things that I enjoy talking about the things that will shape the future of uh, again robotics, energy, transportation, healthcare, and more. All right. Let's get into the topics. So today we have. Five important updates to talk about, right? Fragrance from waste, right? That's the first one. How do you convert waste from industrial uh, environments to something like perfume? Uh, we're going to talk about the uh, development of a fabric to prevent uh, mosquito bites. Now, you might be wondering what that means, but for, for, for people in countries where mosquitoes are a deadly thing, this is very critical. Uh, the conversion of diapers to concrete. Uh, uh, over a trillion diapers are actually being used in the United States alone. We'll get into that. And moonwalker shoes. Moonwalker shoes are shoes that can help you move about 250% faster. I will get into that also. And then the main event, which is household, household robots, right? Uh, it's something out of the future. But it's present now, actually. So we'll talk about it uh, some more. So, so as as I go through the topics and as I as I discuss, uh, please uh, ask questions, leave your comments in the chat. I'm going to read them as 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 they come in, um, and suggest you can go ahead and suggest topics that you want me to talk about either in this video or in the future. And you can also leave your comments after the live stream or email me at Dan at hardtechpodcast.com. That's dan at hardtechpodcast.com. Okay, let's get into it. The first topic we're going to be talking about today, like I said, is fragrance from waste. Check this out. Again, I'm going to be reading because of those of you listening via audio. This is a Gucci website, right? And as you can see, it says here, there's a new collection called Where My Heart Beats, right? Where My Heart Beats. And I'm just going to read the bottom part of it here that says, uh, the first Gucci fragrance to be manufactured, let me highlight this real quick. The first Gucci fragrance to be manufactured using alcohol made from 100% recycled emissions. Now, you might be wondering what that means, right? Let me explain it to you real quick. I'll give you a summary. A lot of industrial processes, right, produce carbon monoxide gas. And, um, for example, metal manufacturing, mining, food production, right, just to name a few of them. What you can do is you can use some kind of microbe that can interact with the carbon monoxide gas and convert that to, to an alcohol, right? So carbon monoxide gas is being given off from the plant. You, you, you take some kind of microbe, interacts with the gas, and forms ethanol. That ethanol is now processed using some oils, and that's how your perfume is created, basically, by Gucci, right? <laughs> so that's basically what it is. 
and I'm going to give you some more detail on um, on this uh, from from Forbes uh, that talks about how synthetic biology gets the Gucci treatment. There's this company called Lanzatech, uh, right here. Yes, Lanzatech is one of those companies that is helping uh, fashion brands be more green, right? Uh, oh, yeah, I'm I'm thinking or I'm, I'm assuming here that they're, they're reaching out to these brands and trying to uh, improve their image because the perfume industry, the fashion industry is, gets a lot of uh, negative press about how they impact the environment. So Lanzatex here, and I'm going to read this article, uh, part of this article right here that says, Lanzatech uses a particular microbe, Clostridium autoethanogenum which thrives on carbon monoxide gas and converts it to ethanol pure alcohol. Uh, Lanzatech is already running three, three large facilities and working with a lot of global partners, right? So, um, so anyway, this partnership with Gucci uh, is just a, it's just one example. I don't want to get into like all of the other companies that are working on it, but just to give you an example, H&M, Right. Uh, also, uh, they're developing techn this technology for H and M, but that's for workout wear. Right. So converting some of this waste to workout wear. And Lanzatech also talks about converting some of the waste to chemicals. Uh, you have other companies like Air Twelve and Air Company and Twelve, who are using electrolysis to convert convert other gases. By the way, not only carbon monoxide. Right. Other gases like carbon dioxide into useful chemicals normally derived from oil right so so that's uh that's very interesting which brings me to the topic because i know a bunch of uh startups a bunch of companies that that are very very keen on uh improving the environment and and reducing waste and reducing pollution and all that kind of stuff but i i don't see a lot of people thinking about converting um other gases out carbon carbon dioxide is a very very famous gas that is being talked about when you, when you're talking about recycling like for example um there's a video on the channel where we talked about hydrogen energy and how you can do you can basically extract hydrogen using carbon capture from plants right so carbon capture from co2 and you can you can uh use that to uh well the co2 and other gases, right? You can extract hydro hydrogen from the interaction of those gases together. And you can look at the channel as, as you can look at the video on the channel about hydrogen and you can see what I mean. Now, how about other gases, right? Carbon monoxide and other 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 very uh polluting gases, if you will, right? What can you do with that? How can you convert that to a product that will become useful? Um, I think that's something to look into and, and to take into account if you're one of those. Is very, if you're very conscious about um, um, how how to make the environment greener. Okay. All right. Let's move on to the next topic here, uh, which is new clothing fabric that blocks mosquito bites. Right. Let me give you a quick synopsis, if you will, of, of, of the concept here. There are four countries in the world that produce the highest number of mosquito species, right? Brazil, Indonesia, Malaysia, and Thailand. But that's just species. I mean, there are mosquitoes everywhere. There are mosquitoes in the United States. But when, you, when a mosquito bites you here, you don't necessarily die. But mosquitoes kill almost a million people in the world every year, actually about 700,000 people every year. And according to the World Health Organization, 31% of those deaths come from Nigeria. And if you, if you combine Nigeria with Democratic Republic of Congo and Tanzania and Mozambique, that's 53% of all the deaths from those four countries. So this is something that is very critical. Is very critical. I mean, the technology that has been developed, because regular clothing—if you wear something that is just comfortable in a tropical country, 
it wouldn't stop mosquito bites as you go about your day or, or well, mosquito bites typically occur at night and around uh, shallow ponds and things like that. But that's not the detail we're talking about here. We're talking about the clothing. And if you wear like the specialized clothing that has been developed for to prevent mosquito bites, it's going to be uncomfortable, right? It's, it's not breathable and it's not comfortable for everyday wearing in a tropical country. So let's look at this article here real quick. It says new clothing fabric blocks mosquito bites and provides comfort. So it does it does both things that, that are needed, right, in, in that environment. And here it says the university team created a so it is this this work is out of Auburn University in the US. It says the team created uh, a new cloth weave that blocks mosquito bites, developed in such a way that the mosquitoes proboscis as the needle-like uh, protrusion is rendered impermeable, right? The mosquitoes, uh, where the mosquitoes' proboscis is rendered impermeable. And they talk about other things about how uh, it's the <laughs> the fabric is basically computer generated. I mean, they've they've built the fabric in real life, but they've developed some kind of computer uh, code so that it can be produced by robotic manufacturing. Um, so produced by robotic manufacturing, and this helps reduce human labor in the process of uh, of uh, producing this fabric. So that's very, uh, uh, let me show you the article here. I just realized it. All right, this is the article right here. Let's share this tab right here. Okay. Okay. So again, like I said, the university team created a new cloth weave that blocks mosquito bites. It's developed in such a way that the mosquito's proboscis is rendered impermeable and it's produced using robotic manufacturing, right? So it makes me think, what else can we do with clothing, right? What else can we do with clothing? To I'm I'm a big proponent of the use of clothing to improve human lives. There, it, there's, there are a few things that are closer to us as humans than clothing. What can we do with clothing, right? Can we use clothing to monitor our health in some way? Can we use clothing to track um, fitness? Can we use clothing to uh, power a medical device that might be on you or something like that, right? Or can we use clothing to prevent uh, other forms of insect interaction with the human skin, aside from mosquitoes, right? So this is, this is very, very interesting to see. Very interesting. Okay, that's that. Now, if you, if you, are, uh, if you are from, um, from a developing country, you know how, how much of a big deal this is. So I think, I think it's a good development. Uh, let's go on to the next topic here. And I'm just going to share my screen again. Uh, diaper concrete. Diaper to concrete conversion, basically, right? Let's share the screen right here. Okay, so here we go. Just so you know, as I said earlier in the introduction, right? More than a trillion diapers are used every year in the U.S. alone. And I, I, I believe that number is, is just for kids, right? We're not talking about like elderly people or other people that might need it because of health conditions, right? But just infants and babies and kids, right? Over a trillion diapers are <laughs> used. Where, where did those diapers go, right? Where did they go? I mean, they go into the trash. They don't go into recycling, right? So they basically just landfill. And many of them are not recyclable, right? If you're trying, many of them are not biodegradable or recyclable. So uh, just keep that in mind for, for the sake of context as we go into this topic real quick. So how can you recycle something like that? Well, there's a team out of uh, Japan that, that built that 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 found a way to extract to convert basically diapers into sand that's that's just, that's the overall thing right and they they say that 
for some buildings, depending on how large or small, it could contribute to up to 40% of the sand needed for the structure. That's incredible that you can use uh, that much. You could convert that much of um, into sand from diapers. So here in this article from Popular Science, it says for a three-story, 36-square-meter floor plan, the team found that cured diaper waste could replace as much as 10% of sand within a structure's traditional concrete support beams and columns. In a, in a, uh, so that's 10% of, sta- of sand in a three-story building. That's incredible. A single-story building, that number, that percentage almost tripled. So basically almost about 30% of a single-story building sand usage um, Right within the concrete beams, within the, within the concrete support beams and columns, right, it could come from diapers. And then, in terms of the wall, the partition wall mortar, uh, it could be up to forty percent. Diapers could swap out forty percent, right, of that. And in terms of the flooring and garden paving, about nine percent, as you can see here from the article. So, so that's that's really incredible. How how can how how is this useful, really, um, if you think about it? Think about the amount of waste, diaper waste that could be um, that could be avoided. And think about the uh, advantage of using this in low-income or low, uh, poorer economies, right? Countries, like in this case, I think the target is Indonesia and other, other, other similar countries. Or places where the type of sand that is needed for construction, for you know, for building a reliable, structurally sound building, is not readily available. Like it's a premium to get those to get that sand, right? Not all sand is good for building. And uh, this could become very useful, right? Um, and also, the overall implication is, uh, what else can we convert to? Uh, to useful to a useful form outside of diapers. There are many other things that we waste, that we throw away, and that that contributes to landfills and other uh, forms of um, other forms of uh, environmental pollution and waste. Right. So that's that's diapers to concrete. I know you guys are, are itching. You know, oh, we've talked about perfumes from CO uh, carbon monoxide. Right. We've talked about We've also talked about uh, clothing to prevent mosquito bites. And now we've talked about diapers to concrete. And you guys are like, get to it. Get to the robots. Well, I have one more interesting uh, topic to talk about before we get into robots. Right? Uh, This is is actually kind of a good... uh, It's almost almost as interesting as the robots, too. Probably more interesting. So let's, let's talk about Moonwalker shoes. I'll show you guys a video. Now we're getting into the videos, right? <laughs> uh, Moonwalker Shoes, uh, the company Shift Robotics that makes Moonwalker, Moonwalker Shoes says it can help you move about 250% faster. If that math is correct, that means if it takes you 35 minutes to walk somewhere, it now takes you 10 minutes with the shoes, right? Basic, basic math. Um, let me show you the video right here. This is a slightly older video, but this update is necessary because the shoes have only just become available for sale. So you, you've seen, some of you might have seen a demo for, for Moonwalker shoes, but you're seeing it now when it's available for, for purchase, right? So let's, uh, let's watch this right here. I'm going to let it play because the, 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 the person testing out the shoes in this video is doing, doing a good job of illustrating what's going on. So just, just watch. Hey guys, this is Abe with Shift. I'm listening. Just showing a little bit about moonwalkers. I've had a lot of questions, people asking, can they do cracks? So here's here's a little example. So here we are, we're in lock mode. We want to go to shift mode, heel up and in on the right foot. Now we're unlocked. So now we are ready to go moonwalking. So here we go. Simply start walking nice and slow. Just walk through the power. You'll get used to it after a little bit. Here's some mats. 
comes a big crack. Typical in Pittsburgh, Rust Belt City. We have a lot of old infrastructure, a lot of bad sidewalks. None of it's a problem for moonwalkers. We wanted a product that we could actually use here in our own city. So we developed these with our patented eight-wheel gearbox. Great powertrain, powerful enough to climb over any crack. And also do handicap ramps. All without an issue. All right, so I'm gonna pause it right there. I'm gonna play the video again and try to like illustrate what I, you know, my thoughts about it. And let's see. Right, so. Hey guys, this is Abe with Shift. Yeah. So basically, showing a little bit about moonwalkers. Just so you know, this uh, shoes a lot of questions people asking on the rough can they do wall. cracks? So here's here's a little example. And so here we are. See he's wearing lock mode. He down real quick. To to he's wearing a, a pair of uh, very very comfortable shoes, and he has the Moonwalker shoes strapped around that. So it's, 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 it's a shoe. You have to wear a shoe, and then wear the Moonwalker shoes also. Shift right. mode, heel up, and in on the right foot. Now we're unlocked. So now we are ready to go moonwalking. So here we go. Simply start walking nice and slow. Just walk through the power. You'll get used to it after a little bit. Here's some mats. There's a big crack. Yeah, it's walking over. It's trying to show that you can. Typical in Pittsburgh, Rust Belt City. We have a lot of old infrastructure. You have cracks. And, and, a lot of bad sidewalks. And by the way, if you if you if you watch if you're not watching this video, none of it's a it's problem for moonwalkers. Kind of that he's going down on We wanted a product that as he's moving that fast. We could actually use. Like the road is is, is here in our own down, city. So and he's he's We developed these with our patented eight-wheel gearbox. That. Great powertrain, powerful enough to climb over any crack. Yeah. So. And also do handicap ramps. Yeah. All without an issue. All right. So so that's it pretty much. So uh, you know, this is uh, incredible because it begs the question: if you if you had a thirty-five minute walk and maybe um, a ten minute bike, a ten minute ten minute bike route, a ten minute bike route that takes 35 minutes to walk. I'm just making up numbers now <laughs> because I, you know, it all depends. It's average numbers depend on, on who is walking and who is biking, right? Or a drive that's 10 minutes because there's traffic, even though it could be faster, but it's 10 minutes, the same distance that you would walk 35 minutes, takes 10 minutes by normal biking and takes 10 minutes by driving with a car because of slight traffic during rush hour in the morning or in the in the evening, right? Is it better just to use your moonwalker shoes? You know? And that way you get to basically enjoy the scenery on your way to wherever you're going. You know, it's it's something to think about. It's something to really think about. And uh it's incredible how some of the best technologies are the ones that, you know, try to solve a, a you know a simple a, an existing problem using a very simple solution. So this is something to look at. I, I, this is not an endorsement of Moonwalker shoes, by the way. This is just uh, uh, an insight into, into how technologies could be very simplistic, but very, very effective, right? So Moonwalker shoes, uh, that's that. Now we're going to talk about, the, we're going to get into the main event. But before the main event, let me read some comments here from you guys. Uh, let me see. I'm going to the chat real quick. So, uh, Fame Fame OTV says, "I'm here for the robots." <laughs> okay, <laughs> yeah, aren't we all? We're here for the robots. Uh, uh, we're about to get into that. Uh, B League TV says, "So interesting." Yes, it is. It is. It is. Hardware technology is interesting, and I hope you guys can get more value out of this channel. Uh, and um, and suggest you know what you want me to talk about, but it is the the, the developments developments going on, the uh, progress that has been made in this in in this space of in these different spaces in the hardware spaces, right? 
it's really intriguing if you guys if you guys if you guys were there at there to see how these things have been developed you see what i mean it's it's really interesting so let's get into the main events we're going to get into the main event here which is household household robots i have a quick question for you guys you've seen the movie i robot right movie i robot it's an old movie uh with will smith and if you haven't seen the movie i'll just give you a very quick uh, summary uh everyone in the future has robots at home to help them with basic chores basic things and help them uh actually it depends on where, what you need right so you have to clean the house help you run errands you know, help you grab coffee if you need it help you uh secure your house for older people who helps them you know make sure that they're safe and things like that and the, the company that was developed that that built the robots basically uh, built some kind of central control system. It was a huge tower within a tower or something like that. And eventually, that central system started controlling the robots as it became smarter. This is basically uh, what, uh, uh, the, what, what the discussion around AI nowadays, right, is about AGI um, uh, <laughs> and how that could impact uh, the developments of technology in the near future. But anyway, that movie basically uh, touched on the subject of robots now beginning to think for themselves and basically telling people to stay home and telling people, don't do this, don't do that. And eventually, you know, it was an action movie, so there was a fight between the robots and Will Smith and other people. But it was a very intriguing movie, right? Are we getting there? Is that is that what's going to happen soon? Well, I, I wouldn't say for sure, but some of the robots that have been developed for household and commercial use right now are not very far off from that. So I will start slowly. I will introduce you guys slowly into the into the, into into it, and I will just ramp it up a little bit. I'll show you the different developments, right? So so bear with me. Uh, let's talk about the Amazon Astro. Right. This is basically a video of. This is a video of uh, that Amazon released a year ago. And by the way, if you're wondering why I'm playing a one-year-old video, it's because, again, the Astro is now just available, right? Amazon has been demoing this and showing this to people. Okay, let's play it. So I'll illustrate. In this video, Amazon Astro... Okay, let me pause it real quick. The Amazon Astro... Hold on, let me share this. I realized I wasn't sure. Okay. Now, Amazon Astro is just this tiny robot, robot. with a screen on top of it. Yes. What are we going to do with a robot? Well, Astro, follow me. Okay. So you guys can hear that. Hi, Grandma. I miss you. I miss you, too. Got the toy I said. Yeah, so I here, a kid is interacting with her grandma through the screen of the uh, cool of the Astro. All right, race ya. <laughs> Come on. And the Astro is following the kid around so that the grandma can see as the kid is playing. Okay. So here we see someone get away from turned it off. And now I totally believe you. The Astro is basically. Ooh. Yikes showing the person what's going on around the house. I think. Message from Steve. Remember to eat something green today, Dad. Check. Yeah. So, <laughs> the Astro charges like, it goes back to the charging station. So it's charging like, a, if you've ever used like a Roomba, that's kind of like how it charges. So now the Astro is uh, investigating possible intruder, but it's just a bunch of dogs. Just return the dogs. <laughs> Astro, let's dance. Okay. <laughs> a tiny robot dancing. Okay.
Phillips, you know, that you thought we weren't home, huh? You thought wrong. Yeah, it's a good try, though. It's set up an alarm that changes a cat that broke into a house, right? Now it's bringing beer to someone sitting on a couch. Yeah. What? That's, that's cool, actually. Thank you. All right. I'm in. Okay. Knew it. So that's the Amazon Astro. And this is, this is very critical because what Amazon has done is they've said, you know what? Let's find the simplest, most useful version of a household robot and make it available for sale. Right? And let me show you something here, guys. I'm going to share this tab now. And here, as you can see, um, on the Amazon website, right? You can see uh, it's part of Amazon's day one editions project, basically. Um, it says here, the title of the product, Introducing Amazon Astro Household Robot for Home Monitoring with Alexa includes 30-day trial of Ring Protect Pro. Again, this is not an endorsement of the Amazon Astro, right? You guys, please make your own decisions on on. on on the technologies I talk about in the show or just generally, okay? Make your own decisions, make your own purchase decisions, okay? It's $1,599, so about $1,600. And it's as available exclusively by invitation. That's, uh, that's, that's incredible, right? Let me, let me see if you guys can see. Yeah, this is a bigger version of the product right here. So. Available by, invi by invitation, and it, it, Amazon only recently made this product available for sale, and they have limited quantities for it. And just to give you a little secret, if you're interested in this product, it's pretty much, it's very easy to qualify. I think this whole available exclusively by invitation thing is just a way to hype up the product. I mean, I I actually applied to to buy for to buy it, and I, I, I was approved within a few days without any special... Uh, yeah, I mean, there's nothing special about my application, right? So just keep that in mind. This is how companies try to hype up products. But it's 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 a very good step and a very, very important step in the process of household robot development. Okay. I, I'm saying that for a reason uh, because of what I'm about to get into. Uh, one more thing I want to add. So this product, the Amazon Astro, is, is not suitable in many situations. For example, if your floor is shiny and black, it's not going to work there for some, I don't know, reason. Um, and it can't go over any flooring transition that is more than 3.5 centimeters, right? So about 1.375 inches. Uh, so keep that in mind. So basically what that means is you can't have two bumps that are too high and you can't use it on more than one floor, right? So if you have two floors on your, in your house and you need the Astro, you might need to use it on, you might need to buy two of them, basically. Um, so that's that. I want to get into the next household robot idea. Now, this is crazier. Let's share, I'm gonna share this tab real quick. This is Phoenix, the robot developed by Sanctuary AI. Check out how close this is to an, a real humanoid, right? I'm gonna illustrate also, so. AI control system it has human-like intelligence and human-like hands. Now, the hands part is very critical. I will explain that to you soon. Full body mobility, industry-leading dexterity. You can see the robot is flexing its fingers like the human world. Okay, so I'm going to pause it right here. They're showing the characteristics of the robot because they want to simulate as, make it as human as possible. So it has a average height of a human, maybe human male, five foot seven, 
weighs about 155 pounds, can lift up to 55 pounds, and moves at a speed, so walks at a speed of three miles per hour, which is the average speed of walking for a human being. I mean, the average speed of walking for a human being is about 3.2, but you get a point, right? And it's flexing. <laughs> it's posing like a bodybuilder. That's, that's funny. Um, so I'm going to play that again uh, for you guys so you see, because that video was very short. It's, it's actually about a minute, so... Uh, so you guys can see what's happening here. Sanctuary AI's Phoenix robot. Right? They're showing the robot with all, all this metallic glory. But really, just to see it like, like a real humanoid, right? Again, Phoenix. Shaking a human being. Everything powered by AI nowadays. Uh, Human-like intelligence, human-like hands. Like I said, full body mobility, industry leading dexterity. Right. The average characteristic of a human being. Right. And that's that. Okay. Now you might think, oh, that's just sanctuary AI. Okay. How about Tesla right here, right? A Tesla, Tesla, basically, I think with all of all of the happenings in the AI world recently, Tesla, Tesla decided, oh, we don't want to be left behind. We've actually been developing some robots too. We're not just a car company. We're actually developing robots. Okay. So this is a Tesla bot update that just got, got, uh, got dropped. Now this robot's, uh, Moving around the cyber kind and cyber truck in the background. Says here it has a uh, good motor control, arc control. Right. Uh, now here, this part of it is very critical. It says that these robots have environment discovery and memorization. That means the robot remembers every single thing it sees in the environment. Right. It can map out the environment. That it's, I mean, obviously, this is with some, um, with some, uh, with, with, with some programming, obviously. But still, how many humans do you know that can remember every single thing they see, right? These robots can actually memorize their entire environments. They, they walk past or, or interact. So what you're seeing right now is some kind of 3D image of what the robot has seen, and, and it's. It's programmed it, right? Uh, here is they're showing the flexibility of the robot, just like Sanctuary AI's robot. They're showing how it has human-like uh, hands also, um, and can mimic the behaviors of a human, basically. You know, talking about how the joints are flexible, they can perform increasingly complex tasks. Right. Increasingly complex tasks. Uh, robots can uh, perform. That's incredible. Tesla. Good. Uh, that's that's the AI uh, Tesla bot update, basically. Okay. So now you've seen you've seen this. Uh, what's going on right now? So real humanoids are close to being available, guys. Uh, and, uh, and these <laughs> humanoids have been developed. Uh, so a humanoid, uh, in this case would do things that are very similar to a human, but it's not a human, right? It has the appearance or the character of a human as definition of a humanoid. Now, let me uh, see something here. So. In case you're wondering, like, like I, I've been trying to infer, Tesla, Sanctuary AI, those are not only two companies. If a, if a car company, well, you could, it could be a debate as to whether um, uh, Tesla is, a car, is, a, is really a car company or a data company, right? Uh, but at the end of the day, let me uh, make myself full screen here. So there could be some debate as to whether Tesla is a car company or a data company or something else. 
but no one thought they were a robot company. What's really going on behind the scenes is many companies that have the wherewithal are actually trying to get in on the AI craze and, and a lot of humanoids have been developed. And Tesla even says that the idea is to develop robots to do some of the repetitive tasks that humans hate doing. So there's a robot coming to, to a factory near you very soon. Not just uh, robot hands that kind of make cars, right? But actual human-looking robots. So commercial and household use very soon. I would be surprised if, if, if humanoids were not available for sale within the next one or two years. I'd be very, very surprised, right? Uh, so keep that in mind. A lot of companies working on this. You would think, oh, well, is that it? Is that just uh, what they can do and, you know, they can try to behave like a human? Actually, they can, actu they can not only try to behave like a human, they can end up being human, except for when you uh, open them up and then you see the metal inside. And why do I say that? A lot of researchers are working on things like, I'll show you. Let me show you, uh, let me show you the next uh, slide right here, the next uh, page. Uh, so that was a Tesla update, but uh, let's share this, right? So imagine a robot that has a sense of touch that is almost human, sense of touch. So you remember when I was saying that the, the hand stain was very critical? Well, there's a team here that has developed a hypersensitive robot hand that is eerily human based on how it feels things. A robot that can feel hot or cold. How about if we go back to that old movie I was talking about where robots could feel sad, robots could dream, and things like that, right? So uh, let me see in this article right here. So it can feel things. Um, and here in the article it says, yeah, okay, the article is actually mimicking what I was saying about how robotic entities in science fiction blur the boundaries between biology and machine. Uh, and uh, and really, that's what they're trying to do. They're trying to, you know, <laughs> mimic these science, science fiction movies and try to capture what these movies predicted. So a robot that can feel things is eerily weird and interesting at the same time, right? So that's that's one. How about this one? There's a team out of Carnegie Mellon that they discovered that when they knit sweaters and put them on robots, it can help the robots feel contact. Right? It can make them feel contact more. That's what I was talking about clothing earlier on and what we can do with clothing. Is in this case, um, it says that certain robots can certainly sense cold temperatures, but feeling, feeling cold is another ordeal, right? So the fact that you can sense something is different from actually feeling it. And it's, this team says that by developing some form of clothing for the robots, then uh, the robots can, can sense contact. They can, based on, they, it says here the group, Utilize the properties of a knitted sweater to create a fabric capable of sensing pressure and contact. And uh, the cutting-edge textile can now help indicate direction, orientation, and even grip strength via physical touch. That is incredible. Now, let me paint a picture for you real quick, guys. Uh, let me paint a picture for you. Now, you have the... Uh, let me let me make myself full screen. You have the Amazon Astro. It can already uh, do household chores, interact with humans in some way, help you secure your home. Then you have the next level, which is Sanctuary AI, Tesla, and many other companies developing humanoid type robots. So you have the skeletal form of the robot. It can uh, flex its fingers. It can. It has human type intelligence. It can uh, memorize its environment and know what's going on, right? And now, imagine if you put some kind of fake human flesh on that, and then you put some clothing on it, and it can sense things. It can feel cold. It can feel heat. 
it can feel pressure because of clothing. It can feel, it can, it can know in advance if it's going to collide with something. And then you put that out there. How far away from, from that are we in the, in the future, right? Think about that. Like how far away are we? I don't know. I think, I think we're, we will see some, some advanced form of humanoids, maybe not to that extent of like looking completely human, but at least more advanced than the Amazon Astro within, uh, within a few years. That's for sure. All right, guys, that's, uh, that's the main event right there. I'm going to make some more announcements and some more, give you guys some more information before we close out the stream today. But this was a very important first live stream, the first of its kind, a hardware tech live stream, guys. Uh, we're doing this live and it's very, very important. And as this channel continues to grow and as you guys continue to interact with the channel, it's going to be a lot of fun to hear you guys' thoughts, comments, uh, opinions, insights, uh, just what you think about different things and we can have a real real fruitful discussion so again uh every tuesday an interview a discussion with the creators innovators and founders of, of of startups and companies within this space uh hardware technologies and robotics energy um, robotics energy transportation healthcare manufacturing i mean a lot of spaces right so People who are developing technologies that will shape your life in the near future. Um, so keep that in mind. Every Tuesday, there will be interviews. Uh, most likely to be pre-recorded interviews. So that, um, so that it's, it's, um, it's, it's, so that it's um, more interactive between me and, the, and, the, and, the, and these guests. On Fridays, every Friday at 11 a.m. Eastern Time, there will be a live stream where I'm going to talk about recent updates in the space. I'm going to try to provide you guys very interesting insights, very interesting updates, very interesting news about what's going on um, so that you guys are aware and you can learn about what's going on. And this is very, very, again, it's, if, you're, if, you're, if you're studying any, if you're in school or you're working in this space, or you're just very curious, this channel is for you, okay? Uh, uh, okay, so again, social media, all in the links in the description of the video, the audio version of this podcast, also in the links uh, in, the, in this video. Please subscribe, uh, tell your friends about this channel, share the video so that, uh, so that uh, more people can hear about what's going on here. Thanks, guys, for tuning in. I'll see you all on the next one. Bye.